0: Fourteen twenty WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paliologos. Get your finances in order. Money wise starts now. Good Sunday morning. I don't know if it's true, but I think spring is here. We'll find out from our meteorologist. Or, or are you a, um, a financial meteorologist? Absolutely. I like that. Our financial meteorologist. Ray Lance and the Money Wise guys.
1: (laughs) The weather is clear. There are a few clouds on the horizon. Maybe a little bit of rain, but ultimately we'll have some sunshine.
0: Oh my gosh, I love it. You could go on (laughs) Fox Business News. Well, maybe
1: I could, couldn't I? Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Phil. Good Good morning. morning. Welcome to Money Wise, brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We're here to serve you our companies are here to serve you we want to provide financial solutions the law firm provides legal solutions mostly we want to protect your family and protect your money so thank you so much for listening every sunday morning and welcome to peter lance good morning
2: good morning phil good Good morning, morning everyone good morning Pete.
1: peter is our financial guru also he's a part of usa wealth group he's also uh, in charge of Lance Family Insurance Agency that does property and casualty insurance. I uh, paused
2: for a moment because I was expecting you to introduce your better half before me. So,
1: no, I figured that um, um, youth before beauty, shall we say? Oh. So, good morning to Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny.
3: Good morning. You're so bad.
1: <laughs> well, I have to say something. I mean, hell, when you've been living with me as long as you have. It's too late to change me now.
3: (laughs) That's quite true. That's all I can say. It only gets worse. (laughs) I have to tell you a story, speaking of sunny and cloudy. When my poor mother was in her nursing home and had dementia and sort of didn't know where she was anyway, the sign outside her door was supposed to tell the weather for the day, (laughs) and the sign kept saying, cloudy but sunny, and (laughs) the wrong dates. No wonder the poor soul was upset. Uh,
1: They probably did it on purpose to confuse her. Cloudy but sunny. Now, that sounds like a politician's mantra, doesn't that it? Is today is cloudy but sunny.
2: <laughs> this evening there will be a 50% chance of darkness. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. We will put aside
1: the foolishness and get on to a very important topic for today. And today our
2: topic is called... Perpetual Adolescence.
1: Perpetual Adolescence and what to do about it.
2: That's not... For the male population, most men, you know, 90% have a little bit of perpetual adolescence, but that's not what we're here to talk about today.
1: No, but we'll touch on some of that because women tend to mature faster, earlier, and stay smarter about those kinds of issues than men do. Men tend to be children for most of their lives, don't they, Tenny?
3: (laughs) I'm not commenting on
2: that. (laughs) I've never seen your your head (laughs) swivel that fast between looking at at Dad and looking at me. (laughs) Well,
1: while you're at it, look across the table at Phil. (laughs) You are surrounded by adolescents. I
3: already know
0: the answer. She's
3: right.
1: (laughs) Yes. I'm not
3: um, commenting.
1: The answer is always, she's right. She's right. (laughs) Well, this is actually a fairly serious topic, and it has so many economic ramifications for uh, what's going on in our country today. Um, Basically, The problem is that a lot of people either don't grow up, and I'm going to give a disclaimer in just a minute. This is not to criticize people who happen to be still living with their parents as they get older, because there are many economic reasons for doing that, uh, especially today. But there was a book written probably probably about a year ago by Senator Ben Sasse, S-A-S-S-E, Um, I want to say he's from Nebraska. Yes, he's the junior senator from Nebraska. But he was a former college president before he became um, a senator, United States senator. And he wrote a book uh, on the subject of perpetual adolescence. It's actually called The Vanishing American Adults, Our Coming-of-Age Crisis, and How to Rebuild a Culture of Self-Reliance. And it was published in May of last year, May of 2017, I haven't sent for the book yet, but I've read several important reviews about it. And it's really an important topic. So Ben Sasse was a college president for a while, and then he ran for the Senate and was elected to the United States Senate. But he had a chance to interact with a lot of uh, college students and and children over the years. He had his own family with um, three children, ages 6 to 15. He didn't put himself out as being the best model for a parent and so forth. But he had a chance to observe a lot of what was going on in the college community uh, in particular. One of the things he noted, for example, as a college president is hardly any of the kids coming into college had never even had a job, had never even worked to help support themselves.
2: Yeah, and the problem is not that children are staying at home. It's a lot more involved and in-depth than that. But Uh, There are a lot more children staying at home and living with their parents. Uh, In in fact, one in four young people aged 25 to 34 are living in their parents' home. uh, Don't go to school or go to work. So they're just relying on their parents to do everything for them, including provide room, shelter, uh, anything that they're uh, doing inside the house and their activities. They're not working. And that's something different. I mean, that's basically what the English would call
3: living
1: on the dole. Um, And it's people who don't have any ambition, discipline, interest in life, and all they do is live off the parents still. So there are people like that. There are people who live with their parents for other kinds of reasons.
2: Exactly. The other three out of four, a lot of them do it because they believe in experiences and travel more than owning a home is important in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Going and traveling, seeing different concerts and whatever else, experience in life is more important than being independent and living on your own, having a house or an apartment.
1: Well, it's... it's, uh, it's a very complex situation. I don't want to call it a problem necessarily. For some people it is a problem, but not for everybody. Some people choose to live at home because it makes sense economically. They might be working, supporting themselves, saving money. They might be paying room and board or not. But perhaps they're saving money to get married or they're saving money to buy their first home. So there can be some very valid reasons for doing this. And then, Tenny, there are also situations in which somebody may have special needs, for example, um, and perhaps they can't function in the community. I just had a meeting, for example, uh, two days ago. Um, in fact, you were part of that meeting as well with a situation that there's a trust that needs to get wrapped up. But the end beneficiaries are two younger women one is 25 or just about to reach 25 and the other one is 29 and the one who's 29 i'm not sure if she's actually characterized as having special needs but she doesn't function normally she doesn't work she simply stays at home and lives off the economy economy of the parents
3: it's very often actually that we see uh clients older clients with children who are at home with them because of special needs. And it's a very, very tough situation. Um, It's very scary to think about what's going to happen in 10 or 20 years when so many of these parents are going to pass on and how in heaven's name are their children going to survive in our society.
1: So we're going to talk about not just the fact that there's a problem Because if you simply want to talk about a problem that you're not bringing any solutions to the table, uh, then that's not really helping anybody either, is it?
3: No. Obviously, there needs to be planning done, but so many people are are not able to do that for one reason or another. Economic planning is not always possible if you're just getting by, Um, so there isn't any way to put aside any uh, nest egg kind of funds for the child to live on in the future. That's what we would certainly like to have people do. We'd like to have them set up perhaps special needs trusts for folks who are um, going to be living on their own at some point in time.
1: So if somebody truly has special needs, uh, for example, we're talking with attorney Tenny Lance, um, and they cannot function normally in society, they can't hold a job or get a job or be qualified, um, then one of the things the parents have to uh, consider is What's going to happen when the parent dies? How is this adult child going to survive and get by? And in that case, there might be a need for something called a special needs trust.
3: Yes, only, of course, if the uh, child has been diagnosed and determined to be disabled is it possible to set up a trust for that child. But it's amazing that I see more and more people who have been Uh, diagnosed and determined by Social Security, for example, to be disabled. It seems to be an increasing uh, diagnosis, an increasing situation in our country. I don't know exactly why, but um, more and more people are receiving SSI or SSDI payments.
1: So there's sort of like two ends of the spectrum here, aren't there? There's on one side somebody who really is truly disabled Um, has dependency issues or psychology issues and they're not able to function in society, they should not be inheriting property directly, right?
3: That's correct. Um, Their Social Security, SSDI, payments are dependent upon their staying within the realm of allowed expenses and allowed assets. And so it's not a good idea at all for people to leave um, a bequest to someone who has been diagnosed and determined to be disabled. It would uh, likely take them off the special benefits.
1: So that's a really important point. So let's say you have somebody who's receiving government benefits right now. Maybe it's social Security disability income, SSDI. Maybe it's men- money from mass health under the Medicaid program. Um, and there's money going to help support that child. If they then inherit money, they could go off those government benefits. Is that what you're saying?:
3: Yes, it's required if you do inherit something. <coughs> that you report that to the system, whether that be Social Security or MassHealth. And then the benefits will be discontinued until that money is used up. Um, The payments that come in from SSI, SSDI, are supposed to be spent on uh, basic needs, such as food and shelter. And therefore, if there is money available, the uh, public systems want you to spend that money for that kind of uh, purpose and then get off the benefits until it's all spent down.
1: All right. So that's a good reason why you might want to have a special needs trust, because you would not want to have the person disqualified from getting their medical benefits, for example, spend the money down, and then they go back on again. It's a waste of money, isn't it?
3: It's a waste of money, and often it's a very difficult situation where benefits, particularly medical ones, are interrupted by the whole process of coming off, finding another doctor who might treat them uh, privately, going back on, finding a doctor who will treat them back on their benefits again. I've, I've seen some very... Uh, sad cases where people cannot receive medical care because they have come off their public benefits.
1: So the message really ought to be, if you have somebody in your family who is special needs, and particularly if they're receiving benefits, it's critically important to set up a special needs trust for them, and they can do that by contacting you, Tenny, at what number?
3: 508-998-8800.
1: And that special needs trust, by the way, could be used to supplement the benefits that they're receiving, right?
3: Well, that's just it. The the special needs trust funds are to be used in a way that is not basic needs, such as food and shelter. So if somebody needed an expanded uh, uh, more proficient wheelchair, for example, monies can be spent on that. Or if there's a car that's needed to transport them to medical care, Um, all those sorts of things. Entertainment, travel, uh, vacations, those kinds of things can be paid for with the special needs trust funds.
1: And that means you're going to have to have some independent person Uh, not the child themselves, be named as a trustee to manage those funds, right?
3: That's correct. You need a responsible trustee who is knowledgeable enough about what the monies can and can't be spent for so that the monies can benefit the special needs person.
1: All right. So when you name that person, they have to act in accordance with the terms of the trust, right? They can't spend the money on themselves. They have to act as a fiduciary.
3: Oh, absolutely. The trustee has a fiduciary responsibility to the beneficiary and only to the beneficiary.
1: So I want to pass on uh, from this particular topic of special needs trust, but it is important if you have somebody living with you who is a special needs person and is likely to remain so,
2: you need to make sure they're going to be protected when you're not there to take care of them. Yeah, and that is, you know, obviously a a case and a discussion about kids staying at home with their parents but for a very different need than what you know this particular topic is which is perpetual adolescence uh which is entirely different that is uh children who are staying in home uh at home well beyond when they necessarily should that's not always the case but uh where they could potentially go off and become independent and actually becoming an adult uh and there's a disturbing new word that's been going around called adulting and adulting is basically acting like an adult for a short period of time oh. hey i went out and i went to work today congratulations i'm an adult i feel like an adult or hey i went and paid my credit card bill on time this month and i'm, I'm an adult I'm, adu- I'm adulting i
1: was wondering what the definition of that word was all i could think of is what's happening in washington with politicians no but that's a different word it's,
2: it's millennials feeling like they are an adult for a short period of time by doing something that, you know, is, um, you know, of an adult nature. And it's called adulting versus becoming an adult. Okay. Becoming an adult is doing, you know, adult activities all the time and things that you're supposed to be doing with responsibilities where um, – adulting is doing an activity that you know is something you're supposed to be doing already and feeling great about it just a funny word ahead you're, you're about to crack up over <laughs> i had heard that word before it's not adultery it's a, <laughs> adulting so i'm guilty of adulting <laughs> no you are an adult that's true
1: well phil, like an adolescent yes. sometimes let me ask phil a question
3: only with grandkids
1: so do you think that this is a recent problem only, Phil?
0: Um, you know what? I think I think it is a recent uh, problem because when I'm thinking back to my grandmother and, and mom and dad's generation, they had nothing like what we're going through right now. So True. I'm going to say yeah.
1: It is true in the very contemporary sense, but I have to give you a quotation from an ancient Greek philosopher, oh, okay. <laughs> Democritus. He said, raising children is an uncertain thing. Success is reached only after a life of battle and worry. Oh, so oh, even true. even then they were That's thinking it. about it. Yeah. But But it is more of a problem today because I think people today are just not accepting responsibility. They're not willing to grow up and so on the one extreme we've talked about having a special needs trust for somebody who truly has medical psychological needs and needs to be taken care of that's separate that's on the other side however if we're looking at 24 million people between the ages of 18 to 34 that are still living with their parents some of those people could be independent they could be working they could be on their own but they choose to live with their parents because it's convenient where they don't have to take responsibility, for well, example. Let me ask
0: you, do you think part of it is the me
2: generation? Yeah, absolutely, it's part of it. Uh, what's that senator's name in Nebraska again? Sassy? Sassy. 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 Uh, so he really thinks that it started uh, after World War, World War II, but then really started to pick up in the 70s, and especially over the last 20 years or so. Uh, just 10 years ago, there were 35 states out of the 50 that uh, the young adults age 18 to 34 were living independently. Now there's only six states where there are 18 to 34-year-olds living independently. That's just in the last 10 years how much it's, it's grown.
1: Well, we are very well off in this country. Whether you feel that you're doing as well as you would like to be doing financially or not, and probably half of you do and half of you don't, the fact is that our standard of living is still much better in this country than it is in most other countries in the world, and as a result of that, uh, kids today have it a lot easier. And this is not just an older person saying how bad off the younger generation is.
2: But that's well, true. I'd say it really started. Just thinking, you know, back to my own childhood, I think that, and, and thinking about, you know, cultural history uh, in general. It used to be what the parents wanted to do and the plans revolved around the parents and what their plans were socially and for work and everything else. And then probably somewhere in the mid to late 80s, it became more of what does little Johnny want to do today? You know, what activities are we going to do with him? Where are we going to take him and kids' birthday parties? And it became more about the child, and that's way more so in today's world than uh, it was. So it's just grown where – Now, society, and I'm guilty of this as well, we base a lot of our plans on does Nathan have a a baseball game today? Does Charlotte have dance today? Does, you know, who has a birthday party that they have to go to? We plan our activities and our weekends around our children's activities, and that's normal in society today. Sure it is, but at the same time, Pete, it seems to me that you need to be thinking,
1: giving you some parental, grandparental advice, you need to be thinking about how to create more responsible kids yourself because there are so many temptations today to to coddle them to take care of them
2: and we are very uh, mindful of that, and we do have discussions about it, both my wife and I together alone, as well as talks with our children, including my daughter, who's not even five yet. Uh, and after the the first uh, break, I'm going to go into detail about something I just implemented into our family uh, last week that's already really uh, making an impact already.
1: Yeah, I like that. And by the way, somewhere in the middle of this program today, I want to give a couple of current tax tips because we are in tax season right now but i want to give you a quotation from fran lebowitz a well-known commentator i never met anyone who didn't have a very smart child what happens to these children you wonder when they reach adulthood (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean everybody thinks they have got the smartest kid on the planet right Right.
2: absolutely mike mike kid is smarter than yours
0: But we also take care of them.
2: Yes. Do everything for them.
0: The government takes care of everything, so why should they become Mm -hmm. independent?
1: Yep. How old were you, Phil, when you had your first job? To be real honest. To make make money.
0: I I shined shoes when I was eight years old. Okay. Uh, My uncle bought for me a little shoe shine kit, and I'd walk the shopping center. And believe it or not, I'd make very good money. In fact, I Mm -hmm. had my first bank account back then. Mm -hmm. And then it went to newspapers. Sure. And then, uh, you know, bus boy. I I remember being a bus boy. Early.
1: Good. Yeah. And I did the same thing. I was 12 years old and I had, uh, I used to buy all occasion greeting cards. You'd send the money into the company. You'd go out and you'd sell them. And I would go door to door selling all occasion greeting cards.
0: I remember those days.
1: I've seen these Girl Scout ads before about how will you Fund your retirement, and there's a little old lady in the Girl Scout uniform selling cookies door to door. Maybe that's what I should do in my retirement. I should go sell door to door greeting cards again. I think you might <laughs> get the
2: cops called on you. Hey, Probably.
0: <laughs> remember when they sold the little candies in the the, the tins? I don't know. Sure. They were gold candies. All I can remember, Tenny. Do you remember those days of? Going door-to-door door selling tins of candy. She was all a, kinds she was of a, things. She was yeah. a cookie girl. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I was, was particularly
3: yeah, uh, involved <laughs> with cookies. But, yeah, selling wrapping paper, all those gift sure. card kinds of things. Yep. I remember
2: yeah. you had to sign a special work permit for me to work before I was 16 so I could go and bicycle down to... The McDonald's that is now uh, a car lot on Route 6. Uh, it's uh, the Honda dealership, I think. Used to be a McDonald's there, and I used to bicycle there to work when I was 15.
3: Yep. Right. I My first job that I remember, I think I was doing something before, but my first job was a summer job at, girls, at a, a Girl Scout camp where I made toast every morning. Oh, good <laughs> Lord, I was so sick of toast. But, but yeah, we all worked early.
1: But the reasons for this, these questions are very simple. They taught responsibility. They taught discipline. They taught pride. They taught you the importance of earning some money for yourself and you can't do many of those things today.
3: Well, okay. I, I vividly remember that I made $50 for the summer, and that $50 was what I had to buy some new school clothes with for the fall. That's what my parents made me do. Yes. yes,
1: So there's a fine line, I think, isn't there, Peter, between wanting to do everything you can to protect your child, to provide them with opportunities that you didn't have. I never had a vacation my family never went on a single vacation when I was a kid. I we're, can't
3: remember poor. any either.
1: You know, we, we didn't have resources to do that. And today you feel like you're a deprived parent if you can't take your kids on vacation. <laughs> and do you know if, the
0: price of these vacations? Oh, yes.
1: It's
2: crazy. If you haven't
3: gone to Disney World with your child, you feel like they are very deprived. Well, a
2: lot of that is the current state of where we live in, and that's everybody's on social media and seeing all these other families doing it. So you feel like you have to keep up with the Joneses now more than ever. Well, when we come back right after the break, we're going to stop talking about so much the
1: problem. We're going to talk about some solutions, maybe some things like, should there be universal service in this country? Should somebody serve in the military or community service?
2: You think that'll happen nowadays with today's snowflake generation?
1: No, (laughs) it probably won't, but it's something we should consider at some point. And I'm going to tell you about a little interesting book that I have. It's called Core Values, C-O-R-P-S, values. It's written by a guy named Zell Miller, former governor of Georgia, former Marine. And the subtitle is, Everything You Need to Know I Learned in the Marines. And it's all about values like respect, discipline, neatness, and so forth. I loved him. He was great.
0: Fabulous.
1: And Peter's going to share some interesting news when he comes back about a new program that he's got for helping to interest his kids and teach them some important things as well. So stay tuned. We will be right back. And talk about adolescence and deferred adolescence. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. Welcome back to attorney Tenny Lance and to Peter Lance. And thank you both for being here. You know, we have a lot of shared family connections between us, obviously. Um, I've always told Peter, Phil, that uh, Peter is my favorite son. Uh,
2: <laughs> I know he is. It's a very old joke.
1: But he's also my only son.
2: (laughs) And now he's starting to do that with my almost five-year-old daughter. He says, you are my favorite granddaughter because he only has one granddaughter.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Makes them feel good anyway.
2: (laughs) Well, welcome back. We're talking about adolescence today. We're
1: talking about deferred adolescence. We're talking about perpetual adolescence. What happens when the adult child doesn't leave the home because it's such a comfortable place and they don't have to pay rent? they don't have to pay room and board often when i meet with clients and i ask them um you have an adult child living with you uh, do they pay any room and board by the way mostly the answer is no
2: yeah there's some very very good reasons for people to be living at home with their parents it's just there's a lot of people who are taking advantage of it and not moving on and becoming independent uh you know Absolutely. For a few years, five years maybe, you can stay at home and save all that money that you'd be spending for rent otherwise or mortgage, uh, but eventually it's time to you know go out and become independent on your own. Um, Sassy, going back to Senator Sassy from Nebraska, he really thinks that it started after World War II but skyrocketed in the late 60s and 70s. Uh, child obesity went from 1 in 20 teens in the early 60s to more than 1 in 5 today uh video games which is only you know what a 20 30 year old thing that's become really addictive 14,000 hours of video games played by uh young males by the time they each t- reach age 21 so what's the solution to that you parenting. Can, it's, parenting it's parenting you can restrict the the amount of time somebody can spend On video games, for example. Almost all of these issues that we're talking about is parents either becoming too involved or not paying attention and just letting their kids do what Mm -hmm. they want under their roof and, and letting it perpetuate. So, Pete, do you remember when
1: you were growing up, one of the things that we always did when you were young and could not read is we read to you all the time. We'd read books every night, didn't we? Perfect. We would go to a bookstore and you'd be allowed to pick out one book. Correct. And we always purchased books. You always had
2: books, yep. and even today you like to read because of that. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so and very my boys, quite frankly, didn't care about video games. We uh, had video game systems for them, but it was not until recently—I'd say about nine months ago—that they've become addicted to their video games to the point where I have to take them away from them. Right. Uh, you know, every once in a while throughout the week, because there's a new game out called Fortnite that everybody is playing, and I hear about it from, you know, age ten up to age forty and it's this one really addictive video game that is just consuming especially young males lives
3: well I was going to ask you about that because I know that Nate and Ty both spend a lot of time on video games what do you do about that
2: we limit their time we tell them that they have to get off and they can only be on it during certain hours if they are bad if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing either with their schoolwork uh, if they get a bad grade or uh, you know a bad report uh, card uh, which they don't um, Get a bad, bad report card, at least. Uh, my middle child was just on the honor roll, and Nathan usually averages all A's and B's. But um, if they do something bad, if they act out against one another or you know, get really into the game where they're screaming at the game, something along those lines, I'll go right up to their room, I'll unplug it without saying a word, and I'll go and hide it somewhere for a day or two.
3: That's very good. I'm mm-hmm. proud of you.
2: I guess the other thing you could do is, is just say you can use this for – X
1: amount of time during the course of the day, and then you have to read a book or do something different. Yeah, and Play the other outside. thing,
2: you know, with you know within our family, and again, this doesn't relate to everyone, is the reason that they've been playing more than usual is because they didn't do any winter sports activities, which is the first mm-hmm. time they've ever not done sports throughout the entire year. Sure. They're both back in baseball activities and oh, yeah. off the video games a lot, which is great. Yes, Good, that's is. important.
1: Yeah. Well, I I'm going to mention mm-hmm. just two other quick points about why this... Um, Perpetual adolescence is an issue and a problem right now. For the age group between 18 and 34, the most common living arrangement for 18 to 34s right now in this country is living with parents. Yes. And this is the highest rate it's been since 1940. And as a result, home ownership is down. Of course, home ownership is still more expensive. But here's the other impact this has. This means it's going to be more difficult for the parents to retire or retire properly because they're now not able to save as much money and they're spending more of their own resources on still supporting adult young children. So it's a problem for both generations.
3: But I'm really concerned about what happens when the parents do pass on. Are these children uh, going to have the... Uh, personal resources and the financial resources to live on their own. And what is that going to mean for our country? Well,
1: not only that, are they going to have the discipline and the drive and the respect to support themselves as well?
2: Exactly. You know, the
1: social values.
2: Well, just reading some little clips from Sassy's book, I mean, it really is interesting. and something that if any of you out there have a concern about any of this for your own children, your grandchildren, uh, I have not read it yet, but just in reading the little clips from it, it really makes a lot of sense. I mean, there are 30% of co- all college students drop out after their first year and only 40% graduate. Uh, the average American now only reads 19 minutes a day, and that number is going down. Uh, there is uh, the modern American culture has basically uh, created a perpetual adolescence, like Peter Pan, which has discouraged both meaningful work and promoted a horrible work ethic. I won't grow up. I'll never get old. <laughs> yep. Uh, wow, that's
0: a great analogy.
2: Only a third of one third of American adults know the three branches of government. O- over thirty percent—that's you know, almost one third—couldn't even name one branch of the government. And over 70% aren't aware that the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. Well, let's give a plug to his (laughs) book, and
1: then let's move on and talk about some good solutions as well. So this is by Ben Sasse, S-A-S-S-E. He's the United States Senator, junior senator from Nebraska. And his book is called The Vanishing American Adult.
2: And I'll tell you one other thing we were discussing at the first part of the show, that uh, this is really the responsibility of the parents that our children are becoming like this and are not growing up and not becoming an adult. And another uh, part of that is I worked with teachers for about three years, as I've I've mentioned many times on the show before, and all of them said at one point or another, it's a very difficult environment to work in now because it used to be where the student was bad acting up, getting bad grades, whatever, it was the student's fault. Now it's the teacher's fault. The parents used to be, you know, called in and the parents would have a parent-teacher conference and be mad at their child for underperforming or for acting out in class or whatever. And now it's the opposite. They get called in and they look to the teacher and say, why is my son in trouble? Why isn't he doing well in school? This is your fault. That's because the parents (laughs) think that the teacher is a substitute parent. Absolutely. And
1: they shouldn't be. No, it starts at home. Um, We have too many unnecessary influences, like television in particular. But let's talk about a couple of good solutions and good books. I want to ask you a question in just a minute. There is a book that I mentioned before the uh, break called Core Values, C-O-R-P-S, by Zell Miller. Everything You Need to Know I Learned in the Marines. It's a fairly short book, but I've, I've read it a couple of times. I found it to be very interesting. And he has 12 chapters, and he says... What he learned in the Marine Corps was certain values. and This is not an advertisement for everybody to go and join the Marines. This is not everybody's solution. But he said, these are the things that I learned in the Marines that taught me valuable lessons for the rest of my life. Neatness. Boy, if your uniform is not squared away, you know about it right away. Punctuality. There are some very simple rules of referability, for example. If you want to be have somebody refer somebody else to you for business, you need to say please, you need to say thank you, and you need to show up on time. Right. Punctuality. We don't value punctuality today. People just don't. Brotherhood, persistence, pride, respect, shame. If you don't do something properly, you're going to be shamed. Uh, responsibility, achievement, courage, discipline, and loyalty. All very important values that we just don't teach a lot today. So these are things that, first of all, I would commend this little book for somebody who's just interested in learning about core values of things. But Pete, tell us for a minute about this new thing that you're working on, which I think is kind of fascinating, Ways to Teach Your Kids.
2: So we have always had our children do some type of a chore. My daughter likes to do it. We don't make her do it. Uh, She's too young to have a chore, but she likes to help out and clean up and cook and everything else. Uh, But my boys, we always have had a chore list, even though we uh, didn't give them an actual allowance. We've never given them an allowance. Uh, What we've told them is that we pay $80 a month for both of their phones. To have service, and that's an allowance in and amongst itself. Um, and then every once in a while, they would like to do a $10 PlayStation purchase for their video games. And once in a while, if they were good, we would allow that. But we found that, um, especially over the last six, nine months, um, six to nine months where they've been really into this video game, Fortnite. They have been leaving their clothes on the floor. They haven't been picking up their room. They've been leaving uh, snack trash around them where they're playing their video games. Uh, they're not doing the, you know, the normal stuff, uh, helping out with feeding the dogs and emptying the dishwasher and little things that we might ask them to help out with once in a while. So uh, a few months ago, I heard of something on a television show. It was just a little ad, uh, a little uh, uh, sort of op-ed piece about a new app or a website called FAMZOO, F-A-M-Z-O-O. And what it is, it's an online uh, banking system for your children, and you become the bank. So it's Bank of Lance for our app. And it's, it sounds a little bit complicated, but it's only been implemented for about 10 days now, and it's already paying off big dividends. The only downside to it is it costs $6 a month, but we pay and incur that cost, and what we think it's going to do is teach our children about where their money goes the the benefits of saving money and you know how to just basically have smart money mind gp don't think your dad could do that Mm -hmm. for free don't (laughs) they learn that in school (laughs) No, unfortunately, they don't learn that in school. They might get a very brief, you know, one-day class kind of thing. Uh, but, no, I've, I've said forever that there should be an entire course, the entire year in middle schools that talks about the value of a dollar, the value of saving money, uh, what credit card debt really means, how to balance a checkbook, all of those things. There should be an entire year-long course on that because it's so important, but they well, barely so- mention it. Sounds like this teaches both uh, hard work and discipline, doesn't it? It does. So what we are now doing is we are giving both boys an allowance. And they have an app that they can look on their phone and see every Friday that money automatically going into their own individual bank account on their phone. It's not real money until we actually transfer it into their own savings account, which we do have in a local bank. But they see it as real money, and as soon as they actually need it, if we haven't had the time to actually take it and transfer it into this account, then we can quickly do that and it's there for them to spend.
1: Gee, we'll have to ask Mum for a legal opinion. If your parents don't put the money into the account, do the children have a right to sue the parents for the money that didn't
0: <laughs> oh, go in? No, no. it's just IOU the way the government does. Oh, the
2: way the, gov- oh, the government finance I forgot about the I government well, That's another interesting thing about this is that if they want something but they don't have the money in their account, you can purchase it for them, but you enter into the app, you wanted to spend $20 to go and get this, now it's on your app as a debit, and your next two uh, allowances are now coming out automatically back into mom and dad's account. Um, so what's really interesting and unique about this is a bunch of things, actually. Um, both of my boys now have their own real-life debit card with their own PIN, their own you know card, and it has their name on it and everything, and it says... Tyler's spending money. Nathan's spending money. That's good. And what's good about that is it's not tied directly to our account. So they can't withdraw our funds. It's only what we decide to put on those cards. Um, So they can use it to make actual purchases? Right.
3: So what do they have to do to earn this money every Friday?
2: Well, let me first start by saying that what's interesting is that every Friday, as far as they can tell on their phone... Money is being deposited: eleven dollars a week for Tyler because he's eleven years old; fourteen dollars a week for Nathan because he's fourteen years old. And a percentage of that—that I decided the uh, percentage—ten percent goes to to gift giving or charity, charity, which means they're saving up a small amount every week to go and and spend for a friend's birthday gift or mom and dad birthday gift or for Father's Day or Mother's Day or Christmas, whatever. Um, Forty percent goes to their savings. So automatically, half forty uh, percent of their of their uh, actually, I think I set it up fifty percent goes to their savings account, um, and we can have our own interest. Right now, they're both earning twenty five percent interest, which is very high and not, can, I, can I put money in? Yeah, and not realistic. <laughs> <you pay> me? <laughs> but it shows because there's only a small amount in there what the value of keeping it in a savings account earning interest does. You can change the interest. So once the, in, once the account builds up a little bit more, then we'll reduce the interest to 20%, 15%, Inflation. 10%, bring it down. <laughs> well, it sounds it's, that's what our government does too. Well, it sounds like it's a really
1: interesting teaching tool to teach kids. Very good. Not only to look forward to things, but to understand how money works back and forth. What's the name of the app again?
2: FamZoo. FamZoo. Is so that then for FamilyZoo? F- yeah, exactly. Okay. So then the other 40% goes into their general spending account that they can spend. Hmm. So that that happens automatically every week. Now tied to that, right next to it is a checklist that they have to check off every single week. And if they don't money automatically gets deducted and back out of their account. How
0: much for a dirty room?
2: (laughs) Well, that's just it. I can set it to be whatever I want. So I have a checklist for each of them that they have to do these chores every week. And if they don't, it automatically gets deducted from their account right back out again. And they have to go in and physically check it off that, yes, I've done this. Otherwise, uh, sorry. Well, I, I also know that your
1: oldest son, Nathan, has done work on a farm for compensation. Yeah, And I think that's an admirable thing also, to have some kind of a part-time job. Well, this is a really good thing. If you want to know more about FamZoo, ladies and gentlemen, call the office at 508-998-8858, and Peter will be happy to give you more information on that.
2: The last thing I will tell you is that the creator of the app, I had an issue with it last week, and I emailed him. Five minutes later, he called me personally oh to goodness. tell me what, what issue it was that I was having, how to walk me through it. Mm,
1: very, very nice. That is great. Well, I think it sounds like a good teaching tool. But uh, kids, adolescents need to learn how to handle money, how to be responsible about it, how the fact that it's not an endless supply
2: that they can ask parents for. So, There's no clothes being left on our floor anymore. Good. That's excellent. That's excellent. <laughs> At one time, I deducted a dollar because you can actually do other things where you can click on something yourself and say, penalty, you did not do this. And uh, I did it once, and it hasn't happened again. Hmm. So it's a, it's a good teaching. Oh, like,
1: teaches some discipline. Yeah. I've got a quotation I want to give you on discipline by Janjir uh, Khan. Without hard work and discipline, it's difficult to be a top professional, isn't it? But I have a special quotation for you today, Pete. I was thinking about you when I saw this. This is by a lady named Jerry Hallowell. My daughter is the biggest gift. I've said it so many times, and it sounds like a cliche, but the thing about being a parent is when you think you've cracked it, and you're on top of your game, they change again, and you have to catch up and adjust. I feel such a responsibility to instill good values in her, to be polite, to have discipline. And so as an example of that, uh, Phil, when we got out of the car to come into the studio today, Peter went immediately to the front door and opened and held up the door for his mother. I love that. Because manners count and good values count, yes. don't they? Yes. And I, and I noticed.
0: Did the Marine Corps help with uh, teaching those values? Oh, oh, absolutely. Damn right. So Zell Miller, who, by the way, I loved. Yeah, great he, he guy. He was a fabulous uh, man, wonderful public servant from uh, Georgia. I interviewed him a couple of
1: times. Really? Hmm.
0: Indeed. Hmm. Indeed.
1: Yep, and he served in the Marine Corps, and then he wrote this wonderful little book, Uh, called Core Values. If you ever have interest about some of the things that we discuss on the radio show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, give us a call at 508-998-8858. We're happy to give you the references, the citations. Tenny, you have good information on uh, on handouts on special needs trusts, for example. We've got information and guides on social security, IRAs, college planning. But I want to give you a couple of tax tips before we run out of time today. THIS IS THE MOST RECENT ISSUE OF THE KIPLINGER TAX LETTER THAT I GET, AND HERE'S SOME USEFUL TIPS FOR INDIVIDUALS WHO GET AN AUDIT NOTICE FROM THE IRS. FIRST OF ALL, AUDIT LEVELS ARE DOWN REALLY LOW. THE MORE MONEY YOU MAKE, THE GREATER THE LIKELIHOOD IS, THE GREATER PERCENTAGE THAT YOU WILL BE AUDITED. BUT IF YOU GET AN AUDIT NOTICE, uh, DON'T PANIC, AND A LOT OF THE AUDITS TODAY ARE DONE BY MAIL-IN correspondence. IT DOESN'T MEAN YOU HAVE TO GO MEET WITH SOMEBODY. Uh, get your records keep your records for at least seven years make sure that you're prepared you have at least a few weeks to get ready consider having a professional either your tax preparer if you had somebody prepare your tax returns or you may want to go with a cpa or a tax lawyer as well and sometimes it's not a bad idea because you don't necessarily know where the irs may go with their line of questioning but um You might even get a surprise. Uh, Sometimes we find out that people are actually owed money and owed a refund instead. So don't panic. Uh, Just a quick reminder that the deadline for filing your tax return is the 17th. And if you haven't done so yet and you're not organized, you can get an extension. But you're supposed to file the extension before the due date for filing the return. Mm -hmm. And, again, we can help you with that. The last thing to tell you really quickly is that the IRS never calls we've said this so many times they don't call you on the telephone if you get a call, hang up just hang up the phone, you don't have to say sorry this is a scam, don't call me again just hang up the phone they only deal in writing
0: I got an email the other day and it said, Phil your $606 uh, tax uh, refund is waiting for you and I didn't even read any more. I just erased it from my AOL. So there's there's another kind
1: of scam. Lots there. of scams. The people who are most vulnerable to scams are seniors who would get an email, who would get a phone call, and so I'm forth. Senior. And most of these scams come out of Canada, believe it or not. Yep. Really? Most of these tax scams come right out of Canada.
3: But uh, back to our topic yep. of um, never growing up adults do you think peter with your generation of parents that things are getting better Um, i'm sort of um, very worried about the generation that has kids living with them now do you think the kinds of things that you're doing and others that you see are going to make this situation better in the future
2: i think that we're in for a world of hurt and buckle up Um, because I think that there's only about five or ten percent of people who are aware of the situation and aware of the term, you know, perpetual adolescence and helicopter parenting and are trying to do something about it. Um, And that five or ten percent is not going to make a big difference. The rest are going to make this country be, you know, really, really uh, uh, in a tough position, I think. And in a bad
1: situation, we've seen a number of cases when you have a grandson a granddaughter who are literally conning the grandparents out of money we had one in somerset which was over three hundred thousand dollars we have a case now that they came in they wanted to know if they could get a restraining order and we said you know what you're going to spend a lot of money you got to file a lawsuit why don't we simply help you get the forms from the district attorney's office on elder scams and you can file a complaint or you can get the paperwork and fill it out And tell your granddaughter not to come around anymore because we've got this complaint they're going to send into the district attorney's office for investigation. We had one just this past week where there's been thousands of dollars taken. Um, So if you happen to be listening and you've got somebody who is milking you for money, stop it. Come on in the office. We'll tell you what to do and how not to do that any further. Um, It's an important topic. I'd like to thank you, Peter, for the input and the information on Fam Zoo. Yeah. Um, Tendi, I'd like to have um, a, a big thank you to you for your information on special needs trusts and things that might have to be done. Um, you and I both have seen a lot of examples of that over the years, haven't we? Even for oh, a 65-year-old child.
3: Mm. Far still too many, yes.
1: That had to have a special needs trust set up. So
3: People in my office yesterday and, and two out of the three children are dependent upon the parents. Yeah.
1: There's always something you can do. If you have a concern, if you have a problem in your family dealing with special needs, give us a call. Call Tenny at 508 998 8800. Call Peter or call Ray at 508 998 8858. And there's always something you can do. We are here to protect you. Thank you so much for listening.